0: Hey everyone, it's Kyle. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about some the recent events going on in Minnesota. So we're going to have a little different tone today for our podcast. Less music, less fun, quippiness, and no hot take. But I just feel it's appropriate for us to pray um, before we get into the podcast and we pray to begin and pray to end the podcast as well. And then we'll go back to our, our regular intro from Steve. Um, so if you'd pray with me. Holy Father, we see the world around us and we see how it is broken. Lord, I do not totally or fully understand what my black and brown brothers and sisters are going through, but Lord, I know I can I suspect that they must be hurting ever so deeply. Lord, in light of other cases that are going on. In light of the faces that I can't remember or the names I I can't even remember because there's been too many. Lord, I ask. I ask you to come back soon. Lord, would your mercy and justice rain down like water, like rain from heaven, Lord, we need it. Because, Lord, we see too much destruction. We see the defacement of your image in other people. And, Lord, I don't know what to do. I feel powerless and helpless often. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is error, truth. Lord, I need your help. We need your help in order to be your kingdom on earth and not the kingdom that our churches sometimes perpetuate, one of white American folk religion, one that's tied to the government and military and power. But Lord, Christianity, a faith, a relationship that seeks to help the oppressed, seeks the good of the poor, helps the minority, the orphan, the widow, Lord, who goes to those on the margins. Let our church be a church like that. Lord, we trust you, but it's hard now. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Uh, thanks for praying with me. Um, and now, on to our show. This show is not a news show, and yet the things that we see in the news impact us. On Monday morning, Kyle and I both saw some news that we wanted to talk about together and thought it might be helpful for you to hear about it on this episode of Ministry During the Disruption. Hi, everybody. This is Steve. Welcome to the podcast. Kyle is here with me in our virtual studio. Say hey, Kyle.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody?
1: So, today is going to be a little less jokey, a little less playful. We don't have a hot take because there's some serious weight that we're feeling this week. And we want to just share that with each other and with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Of course, we're talking about the recent. Uh, Shooting of Dante Wright in Minnesota, um, in a Minneapolis suburb, just on Sunday night, and um, (laughs) I mean, I I I know that for me that this is something that is simultaneously like so overwhelming and also incredibly numbing because it feels like oh man, just another one, but at the same time I know um, as an Asian American especially that there's even a call for me to press in to these topics, um, especially given the history of Asian Americans engagement in social justice around black lives matter and other things historically as well.
1: Part of what makes the shooting, uh, this week so challenging is that it's happening in the midst of this trial of Derek Chauvin, who was a police officer in the Minneapolis police force who, uh, killed George Floyd last summer, sparking off a series of demonstrations and protests and calls for justice and reform in the policing system. And there's a tremendous amount of tension nationally. I I know I'm watching it and I'm wondering, will justice be done? Will there be real consequences for this behavior or will... What I've seen happen before, happen again. And, and so there's a part of me, uh, Kyle, you talked about that kind of numbing feeling. There's a part of me that also feels cynical, that says that I, I don't expect good news to come out of the trial. And the the shooting of Dante Wright in this context, for me, serves as a reminder that whatever happens in the trial that's happening right now means little to nothing to the bigger issues, causes of violence, causes of, of um, black men being shot, of police officers shooting people. I really do believe that cops don't want to shoot people. I, I've known enough cops over the years that I, I, I can totally buy that this is not something that is wanted by the police department's and at the same time it keeps happening over and over and over and over again and uh i can feel a little overwhelmed by it
0: yeah i mean the 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 issue of police brutality there's and the plight of black men in america is very complicated unfortunately but one thing i think is not complicated um is just uh, my, my personal response to all this where um, I am not black, um, I am a male, and both of us on this podcast, we're not black, we're not part of the black community, but I, I know um, in light of everything that's going on, um, I, I just um, want to pray for and reach out to um, and give space to my black and brown brothers and sisters, um, especially right now. Um, in, in light of everything that's going on and it's something that I don't totally understand but I want to try and want to try to, to empathize and sympathize with and the but but the, I think um, one of the first steps for me is actually to wrestle with the issue and reconcile the issue with myself and that's probably the hardest part as you said like like what I'm naturally drawn towards I, I totally agree Steve I'm naturally drawn towards cynicism Towards numbness to being overwhelmed, and I think the call for us as Christians is to take all those things and place them in the hand place them in the hand of jesus and because the reality is the world the brokenness of our world, which is represented so starkly in this in this scenario in in these situations we 're seeing played out with the trial of Derek Chauvin and and of course, the remembering of George Floyd, all of the different names we've seen over the last couple years, especially, um, I'm thinking back all the way from like Travion Martin to now, where those are things that we can't handle all by ourselves. Um, and I think with Jesus as our savior, if we really do believe he is about justice and he's about compassion and grace and mercy, I think it's... I think now is the time for us to truly practice lament and to put it into Jesus's hands.
1: Well, and because this is ministry during the disruption and you and I are both ministers, campus ministers, uh, we often find ourselves experiencing lament and at the same time having to care for people and lead people to do both of those at the same time. Uh, Kyle, what what uh, recommendations do you have or what things have you discovered that have been helpful for you as you are both lamenting and leading?
0: Steve, what this reminds me of is in the Bible, we hear the story in, I believe, Second Chronicles and, and some of the and, – in Kings too, but I think in 2 Chronicles about this, the – story of Josiah and as he ascends to the throne he eventually rediscovers the the law the original law from the old testament and as he discovers the law he realizes oh my gosh we've been super sinning against god and he is deeply distressed by this but what he does as a leader of this whole nation is to lament corporately together where he has he leads everybody in lament and asks God for mercy, and ask everyone to change their ways. And I think that is true ministering and leadership in, in light of what we're going through, is to not simply put on a steel face and say, everything is all right, but to lament with everybody.
1: Well, and I, f- I feel this tension, right? The tension between lamentation and faith. This tension that that maybe because of my... Uh, evangelical teenager years is this this tension that says that if I lament publicly, am I signaling that I don't have faith in God, that I haven't trusted Jesus to make things better? And when I see things like I'm seeing this week and and am in touch with the overwhelmingness of the problem of However, you describe it, uh, police violence, the new Jim Crow, uh, the the death of unarmed black men in our country. It's such a huge, huge challenge. And uh, I have confidence. That Jesus can do something about it. That he that he will do something about it. That actually, the eschatological reality that we're living in, Jesus will ultimately bring victory over the powers that cause this violence. Uh, I have faith, but I'm also really sad and upset and exhausted and overwhelmed and all of the feels. I mean, I'm not a big feelings person. I'm a statistician and a strategist by training. And to go ahead and make that turn that you're talking about, Kyle, to lament publicly, it does put us as leaders in a vulnerable position because you're going to have people from the one side who say, you just need to have more faith. If you just trusted Jesus more then you wouldn't feel this upset. And then you're gonna have people on the other side as you try to 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 lead and lament at the same time who say your attempts to minister, to lead, are shortcutting, are chopping off lament, and we just need to to stay here in our ashes and sackcloth. Um, and I feel that tension uh of not being able to to take care of myself and all the people around me to my own satisfaction.
0: Um, I think. I think for me, there's a couple things that I would point to that, um, that that to address those things. But first, I want to acknowledge that yes, that tension is really hard, right? And I think oftentimes, especially in the ways that we are taught in in our church upbringing, if we're if we've been in church, um, even if we look at the way that we we often sing worship songs, right? Most worship songs are not. I'm having a bad day, Jesus. Help like be with me. It's like, hey, Jesus is awesome, Jesus is powerful, Jesus is the king, you know? And that's true. Jesus is powerful. He is awesome and he is the king. But also, I think um, sometimes we're not necessarily good at doing the whole let's lament type of space. Um, I think in this scenario, with you and I, um, especially in our own leadership, I don't think we get to say, or I think it's wise for us not to say when we're done lamenting. Um, I think specifically in this case, it's for our black and brown sisters to decide. And if that's the case, I think we have to humbly ask them, when is it okay? And we have to be there until they're ready. Now, I don't think we just let them stay there forever and ever and ever.
1: Well, and I actually, you know, as someone with a Latino heritage, uh, there are, you know, there are some systemic injustices that maybe will get better in our country, but are a long time in changing. What I've found is that I need to be able to lament and lead at the same time, that they're not actually phases. I think a lot of times people treat them as phases, is I'm going to lament, and then I'm going to lead, or I'm going to lament, and then I'm going to learn. And it just for me, it just doesn't work that way. Is like my lamentation over the kids in cages at the border, over the DACA students who continue to live in anxiety and fear, I don't stop lamenting those things while I'm moving forward in ministry. I carry my lamentation with me. There's a, there's a way in which Jesus's description as a, a man of sorrows who's acquainted with suffering is is not a past-term descriptor of him that there's joy set before him and yet he continues to bear the the struggles, the sorrows, the scars from his past experience and present experience.
0: I mean, I think the other thing too is is there a quote-unquote right or wrong time to lament? There's like especially if we know, right, in light of the kingdom that everything's going to be Okay, in theory, because we, we believe in revelations and we believe that Jesus is coming back, right? So in theory, all this is going to get washed away. But I, and I, I'm re- investigating some of these things for myself and looking at the passage where, the, you know, the, the, my favorite verse in the Bible, the only one I've memorized, Jesus wept, right? The easiest Bible memory verse. <laughs> What's the address for it? I have no idea. Ah! Uh, <laughs> uh, but I remember, the, I remember the two words. Um, but with Jesus wept, right? There's no reason, maybe, for Jesus to to weep because he knows what's about to happen, where he's about to go and resurrect Lazarus from the dead. That's right right, where his friend Lazarus is dead. He he weeps over his death, and then he raises him from the dead. Why does he weep? He knows he's about to do some miracle. If I had the power to be like, hey, everybody, you're all sad. Time to fix it. I would not be crying. I would be like, no, guys, wait. It's all good. It's all good. I, I got it. Right? But he cries. And I think, I think that, I think there's a different paradigm shift we have to kind of move towards when we think about lament. But I also think, yes, I think lamenting is just something that we're supposed to do and be, right? The, I think God is angry and sad about the way the world is. Constantly. If he wasn't, I don't think he'd be God. I don't think if God, like, had a day where he was like, yeah, okay, murder. It's fine today. I'm not sad about it. Then I don't think he would be God, right? I think he has to be sad and upset all the time, but he's also, like, overjoyed with us and the ways that we do it. He's overjoyed with Jesus. He's, he is pushing for, for the the kingdom of God to come to earth. And I think we're supposed to become more Christ-like and be like him. So we must do both. And I think that's the real, that's the hardest thing that to do both at the same
1: time. So, friends, as you're listening to this podcast, we want to bless you to lament. Uh, Look at what's happening. It's okay to feel sad and upset by it. Please, please, please hear a blessing from us to lament. It doesn't mean that you don't have adequate faith. It doesn't mean that you have confidence. It doesn't mean that you don't have adequate confidence in the providence of God. Jesus wept, and so can you and hold some space for yourself to lament. At the same time, if God is calling you to lead as you're lamenting, to lead in lament, to lead during your experience of lament, follow Jesus in that too. You can lament and lead at the same time. You can lead people into lament together. Many of our inner varsity chapters around this the country this week, are going to be engaging in lamentation together. It's a beautiful, healthy, profound practice, and we strongly encourage it. Um, now, Kyle, it doesn't really feel appropriate for us to uh, throw to a plug, to follow us on Instagram, or to throw to a, a sponsor. But what does feel appropriate is maybe for us to spend a moment praying uh, would you be willing to lead us in prayer, Kyle?
0: Yeah. In fact, um, uh, if you look up this um, Franciscan benediction, um, I think this would be in a pretty appropriate space to, and way to lead um, in lament. So uh, you can pray with me right now. God, would you bless us with discomfort and easy answers, half-truths and superficial relationships, so that we may live deep within our hearts. God, bless us with anger and injustice oppression, and exploitation of people so it may work for justice, freedom, and peace. God bless us with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, hunger, and war, so that we may reach out our hands to comfort them and turn their pain into joy. And God bless us with enough foolishness to believe that we can make a difference in this world, that we can do what others claim cannot be done, to bring justice and kindness to all your, our children and the poor. Oh, amen.